message, and I'd just like to stand in prayer for some some more missionaries of ours. Um, and uh, I just want to just want to take authority over a few things that have been working against uh, some missionaries. So, thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to lift up Adrian and Wesley. Uh, they have stepped into a new church role, and uh, Wesley is under an incredible amount of demonic attack, um, and uh, an attack that is causing uh, deep depression. It's causing a lot of uh, uh, deep anxiety, uh, almost immobilizing. And uh, you know, you can you can understand that for Adrian being in a different country. Uh, learning a different language. Um, you know, she is just reaching out. And so, um, could we just stand together? And uh, let's go ahead and lift up Wesley. Um, let's see. Let get, get you a specific here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wesley has been dealing with a deepening depression. Um, with a hopelessness and feeling very isolated. So we just come in the name of Jesus as a community and a church, and we just declare in the name of Jesus that the power of the demonic would be broken over Wesley right now in Jesus' name. And we just stand and we say, no more. These are our missionaries. This is, this is a daughter of this house. This is a son. And Lord, we declare in the name of Jesus, no more. We cancel every assignment of darkness in Jesus' name, that would come against that couple. And Lord, we come against uh, witchcraft and any prevailing authorities or powers that are demonic in that region as they've stepped in in Brazil to lead this church. And we command in the name of Jesus a breaking now. And now break over that household. And now break and we command every demonic spirit that would be assigning itself against them. We cancel that assignment and we cover Wesley in the blood of Jesus. And right now, in Jesus' name, we declare that every, every voice other than the voice of the Holy Spirit would stop and would cease now in the name of Jesus. Every voice would cease and stop, cease and desist in Jesus' name. Lord, we declare even now, even now, a breaking, a breaking of depression, and the light would break through in the name of Jesus. We just rebuke uh, a spirit of hopelessness, uh, we, we, we rebuke a spirit of despair, a spirit of defeat. You be gone in the name of Jesus. We just say, come out in the name of Jesus. Come out of that home. Come out of, of any uh, association uh, with that couple, with Wesley, with the things that they've touched, with the things that they're doing, with the church uh, that they're walking with. And we declare freedom in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ha-ha. This is the Word of God. Let's open it together. You know, the cool thing about having a real Bible instead of a phone is this can be used for a lot of different purposes. This can be used for one purpose. The problem I have is when I go to my Bible on this, there's lots of other things that are vying for my attention. But when I go to this, it's, it's for one sole purpose. 
Amen? All right. Where do we begin? Let's, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to go to verse 3. Uh, I want to talk about freedom today and some things that have helped me uh, come into a level of freedom that I never thought was possible, but now I know certainly is, and it's a part of, of uh, our Christian walk. It, it's part of that life, life abundant that Jesus speaks of. You know, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I come to give life and life abundantly. You know, what, what does that look like? That looks like being able to live in a place of freedom because of what Christ did for us. And walking out in that level of freedom as though. Uh, in chapter 10 and verse 3, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. No. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension, and many versions say speculation, that's the word we're going to go with today, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we're just going to kick back on, 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 on just a few of those verses for a minute. Um, you know, so many times we can, we can get in the flesh and realize this battle uh, feels so much about flesh and blood, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it surrounds us, it vies for our attention, uh, it, it demands us to comment, it demands us to, to speak on what we feel about our situation. It, it, it demands us to speak about how we feel about how our body feels that day. It demands us to speak about how we feel about our emotions feel that day. But so many times we can get caught up in the flesh and the blood and we can forget that this fight is against principalities and powers. This battle uh, rages in the heavenlies. And when I was a young child, I... Uh, it was funny. I, I don't know when I was. I think I had I had heard uh, Shakespeare's uh, quote that all the world is a stage, and that we are merely actors. You know, we're walking around. And when I was a kid, when I when I heard that line, I, I like saw like a little vision of the backdrop, and the backdrop being torn down, and behind it was a battle, a real living battle between the demonic and the angelic. A real living battle uh, of us empowering the demonic by the words that we speak or releasing the angelic by the words that we speak. But it was a real living battle. And I thought, and I saw that stage. And when Shakespeare, when I read that, I, I, I was there. I, it's like I was there on the stage. And I was realizing, man, this backdrop can look amazing. You know, it can be full of trees and beauty. And, you know, this, this building itself, so so full of beauty. But yet... You know, you remove that backdrop and there's a battle that's happening uh, for our lives, uh, for, for what our lives are to be, for the purpose that God has given us in this life. And it was just one of those wake-ups. You know, the, when, when I realized that being a shepherd, and I think everyone is in this place really because we're all in relationship with each other but often as a shepherd or as a pastor you're um you you have all kinds of opportunity to speculate and to to use your imagination 
And in, in the scripture, it's actually called a useless imagination or a vain imagination, depending on what version you're reading. Um, and then we have this, this opportunity that we would reevaluate, we would go back and think through what people have said or done or spoken. Um, I, I love, uh, Bill Johnson says, if we ever go back in our history without the Holy Spirit, we're in danger of error. We're in danger of, of error. We're in danger of actually, um, because we're not in that situation anymore. We're not directly with that person. The context has completely changed, and it is not as it was. It's only a memory that then we go back to to try to explore and to apply our emotions to and apply our, our systematic process and our, and, our, and our theology. You know, we go back and we try to lay all that out to an old past memory, and it's just not the same. It's not the same. That's the danger of speculation just in general. One of the greatest victories that I had in my life that have caused me to walk in freedom is when I beheaded speculation. I chopped its head off. I know that sounds rough, but that's how God told me to do it. He said, behead it. Don't mess around with that. See, speculation has such a danger in our life is, is to keep us trapped in, 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 in cycles of regret, to, 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 to trap ourselves in cycles of unforgiveness. When we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, but yet speculation never works that way for me. I'm sorry. Think about the times you've speculated. Oftentimes it's been a, a painful word, a situation you didn't understand, a, a, a context that left you confused, and then you go away to speculate about it. Speculation, uh, when you go back to the etymology of the word, actually means to be in a high tower. Uh, so uh, it, it means that I, the word speculate, the origin of the word is to be in a high tower and basically look down, right? So think about this. Somebody did something to you, they said something to you, and now you go back to that, that place where the argument happened. You go back to that place where they said something mean. You go back to that place where you were confused by their actions or their mannerisms, and you go back and you climb up these stairs into your high tower, and you look down. You look down. See, every high tower is a position of pride when it comes to when it comes to speculative thinking, because when I'm in a high tower, I have the higher ground. I know what's going on. I, 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 I know the situation. I can really see what's happening here. So I'm going to go back in my mind, and I'm going begin to begin to cross-examine, re-examine the situation. And so the, the, the problem, and one of the great problems with speculation, is that... Um, we, we, we borrow their personality without their permission. We, we borrow their voice without their permission. And then suddenly, we're having an imaginary conversation with that person, reliving what they said to us, and then imagining what we're going to say back to them. Oh, it's almost like Facebook, the lack of accountability there, where you can just post whatever you want, and you're not going to face that person face-to-face, -face, are you? So you can just say what you want to on there, get away with it. Well, that's how it, what's happening in our mind. There's a battle happening here. Of, of, are we going to represent Christ and are we going to walk out what Christ brought to us in a way uh, that affords that individual that we, we, we see them in the light of Christ, right? We see them in the light of Christ. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5. Thank you, Jesus. 
And let's go to verse 16, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So we're just going to spend our time in 2 Corinthians today. In verse 16, it says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Huh. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, can we say that together? He is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So really, if, if we're to justify any form of of uh, a conversation with with the Lord, obviously that doesn't need justification, but with ourselves, is man asking myself the question, how can I bless that individual and how can I reconcile with them? Not how I can cross-examine what just happened. There's a difference here. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Well, that's one of the big problems with speculation is that we're counting their sin against us. We want them to pay. Even in our mind, we're going to tell them off. Even in our mind, we're just going to tell them exactly how we feel. Or in our mind, we're going to prepare for the next time we see that individual. And we're going to be ready to tell them exactly how we feel. Because we've worked it all out in our lonely high tower. Looking down on a situation that we're not currently in. And realizing, man, I got this. I got the wisdom. I got the understanding in this situation. But what we don't have is a spirit of reconciliation at work with us. Why? Because we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Wow. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Come on. So, what happens when we speculate is that something hurt us, some situation triggered us at night. You guys all know, right? It's, it hits you at night when everything quietens down a little bit, and it's like, why did that person, why did they say that? What does that mean? What am I going to do about it? And suddenly those thoughts start going through our mind, and then, then we invite their persona without their permission to come into our mind, and we have an imaginary conversation with them. And, and, and they replay back what they played, but then we got something new to add. And then I have an imaginary conversation. I borrow their consciousness, which sounds weird, and I bring it into my head. And then through the process, I begin fortune-telling. I begin predicting what my future is going to look like because I know what I'm going to say to that individual. And, and here's the crazy part. Because we do this so much, it doesn't sound crazy. But I want to say it in a way where it does sound crazy, so we stop doing it. In our minds, suddenly, I start breaking down what they say, and then, and then I figure I'm going to answer back in a way that I'm not present with that individual, which is relational, right? To be present, to be eye to eye, right? But now, now I'm, I know what I'm going to say to them. And this is where it gets really crazy. Then I'm going to guess what they're going to say back to me. This is like a whole nother level. And suddenly I begin fortune-telling, and I have this imaginary complete conversation with an individual. And then I make a determination of what I'm going to say to them the next time I see them. And the problem with that is that 90% of communication is nonverbal. In other words, I've already made up what the outcome will be 
because I've speculated and chose to speculate and not just give it to the Lord, now I'm coming into that situation. And I'm like, I know what's going to happen, and I know what they're going to say. And so my body language is not communicating reconciliation. My body language is, not, is, is communicating what I and my preconceived notions and my judgments have carried into that, that confrontation with that individual. And so now I'm coming in and I'm like, all right, judgments are set. Preconceived notions are set. Conditions are set on the situation. I expect this person to act in such a way that my body is going to communicate that I know exactly what they're going to do. Now, that person, of course, we're unaware of it at a conscious level. 90% of the communication happened the moment that you walked in the room. And they saw your mannerisms. They saw, heard the tone of your voice, right? And even before that, you are, you, you are, are potentially altering the future of your life. It's that big a deal. It's no different than fortune telling. So what do we do then? What, what do we do when those things come? Well, let's go, let's go back and look at it. In Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, it says that we demolish, right, these things. Yeah, yeah. But, but how does that happen in the context? It, it, it says that, that we are to take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. But listen to this, verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension. We demolish arguments and every pre- pretension or speculation that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Anything that isn't in the knowledge of God, anything that isn't been released to us through the understanding of who we are in Christ Jesus, we destroy. So what helped me behead speculation and, and the amazing thing about it is um, it has freed my mind up. It's freed my mind up to, to, to take it on the mind of Christ. It's freed my mind up to fellowship with the Lord in conversation rather when, than with myself in a really weird, freaky way, right? And now that other individual is completely left out of it. Thank God for them and for us. We're not barring them. And then... I'm able to come into a situation, even if it's been difficult or taxing or, 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 or it's hurt, right? It's, it, you know, it, it, it feels like um, I need to act or I need to react, right? I, I need to push forward and I, I need to take care of the situation. And we forget that the Lord is our protector. We forget the Lord is actually the one who is with us and defending us rather than ourselves. But what it's done is I come into a situation now and it's clear. There's no fog hanging around. There's no speculation getting in the way of what God wants to do. There's no, you know, there's no haze. It's just like clear and open to heaven for me to hear what the Father wants to speak over that individual. We cannot love our family, let alone our enemies, if we choose to speculate. We have to be have a clear channel to heaven where we lay down all of that judgment, all of that stuff, and we choose, I will not speculate about that situation. And that temptation comes to our mind, now we demolish it with a thought, right? We, 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 we send a missile of truth out about, God, you love that individual so much, Lord. Draw me into greater love. See, that's, that's the opportunity is when somebody's hurt you, when somebody's done something to you, that's when you ask for greater love. That's when you ask for, for God's love and a greater love to, to work through you, right? Because love wins. 
Like, love is the answer. Love's always been the answer. So in the middle of that, I started to speak a blessing over that individual as, a, as opposed to taking a path of speculation. Oh my goodness, I was sleeping at night. There were times where I'd get in difficult situations, even pastoring here, where I'd cry myself to sleep. That just all stopped. And suddenly the night was the Lord's, and I would go down uh, with, with peace, and I would wake up in peace. And suddenly, uh, my, my, again, my mind was clear to, to even love those that were persecuting me. And, and it changed my life. I want to give you another tool that will change your life again. And it changed mine, and it may already be changing yours. <laughs> and we'll go back to verse 5 there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Man, that is one of the most powerful scriptures I've ever read, and God is asking us to apply it to our life. What if we began to see that the enemy wants to work externally to come internally? So he and his hordes and Demonic forces are at work constantly. If I, was, if I had a strategy as the enemy, it would be to work against Christians, to work against the church. There are many, many lost people in desperate situations where perhaps he can align his forces against those who are actually called to go and help them. And so we don't realize how much demonic attack is actually happening around us throughout the day and often they whisper with words. Often they come in in four realms. And this is what I've discovered um, is that there are four realms that the, the enemy attacks us in. And when I made this discovery and I stood on the fact that I was a new creation in, in Christ Jesus, 90, I'm, I'm not joking, 90, 90% of the things that I thought were me were actually not me. Uh, they were actually the enemy wanting me to believe that that, it, that was who I was. And those things weren't always being communicated. Oftentimes they came as an emotion. Sometimes they came as a physical sensation. Sometimes they came as a mental thought or a mental picture. Or sometimes it was just a spiritual oppression that would just push me into my bed. And it would subtle, subtly whisper, man, I just woke up on the wrong side of bed today. Doesn't, doesn't have to be like, oh, you are this and this and this. It's like, man... There's just something about this day that's just off. Wait a second. I'm under an attack. I've got to stand on who I am in Christ Jesus. So the enemy, I believe, works in four areas. And, and he projects, much like this projector. The projector kicks on. We see an image. Boy, it looks real. But actually, it isn't real. It's just pixels. It's just, it's just light that's been transferred through, through red, green, and blue, right? But what actually is happening is that the enemy is wanting to find an inroad in you. Because when you became a, a new creation in Christ Jesus, everything changed. It says the old has gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself 
through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So, any thought that doesn't match up to who you are in Christ Jesus, you need to realize is coming against the knowledge of, of Christ in your life. Back to 2 Corinthians 10. Anything that is out, any emotion that comes to you that is out of the fruit of the Spirit, right? We need to check and recheck and go, is that actually me feeling that? Mental pictures happen. I, I've been walking in, in freedom um, for 13 years now from lust, pornography, any of that stuff. And occasionally those things will still come back. I can be walking, I can be running, I can be jogging, and a picture will come into my head. But guess what? I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. So was that thought mine, or is that a thought trying to come in? Is that actually a demonic spirit that is projecting something in my head? Because they can do that. I mean, read Jesus' temptations, right? He can do that. He can put a thought into your head, and you see an image. I've been counseling I've been counseling uh, in, in a counseling situation with a lovely, sweet lady. I, I think she was probably around 80, 85. And we're in a counseling session with this lady, and suddenly I, I see a knife, and I'm jabbing her throat, and blood's just shooting out everywhere. Now, that's the image that came into my head. Now, is that me? Am I a secret murderer? No, that's the enemy. One, to distract me from the situation, right? Um, I, I love this. At Bethel, they often ask this question. Uh, in, in pastor's conventions, they'll say, hey, please raise your hand uh, if you've ever been on the highway and you just see yourself for a moment uh, 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 turning the wheel and creening yourself off into a river and just killing yourself. Guess what? 80% of the room put their hand up. Why? Because you had a demonic spirit that projected a thought in your head that said, please come into agreement with this because I want an access point into your life. Because the blood of Jesus has you covered, I need a way in that you will permit. Because I can't get in. Because you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Well, I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, do I have some suicidal thing? I mean, do I have suicidal tendencies? You know, where could we go with a thought about careening off a bridge into, right? I mean, we could go, the enemy wants us to go there. So when those thoughts come, we have to send a missile of truth. We have to destroy those things right? With the truth. So if I'm jogging and suddenly I see myself, uh, uh, you know, I see a picture of me mentally undressing somebody or whatever it is, right? I'm going to go, thank you, God, that I'm a new creation. Thank you, God, that, that I'm pure. Lord, thank you, God, that you redeemed me and you saved me from lust, Lord. Thank you, God, that you broke addictions off my life, right? You walk into a situation or room and you feel an atmosphere that's pulling you towards an, an addictive substance, right? That's when you go, oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm feeling that pulling. What's happening in our schools is because we're not realizing he can project in these ways, because we don't believe in the spirit realm, these poor kids are being inundated with demonic thoughts, emotions, feelings, physical feelings. I woke up in the morning one day, and you've heard this testimony, and I, I knew he could project mentally, but I didn't understand the physical bit. I knew, and this is true, right? When we when someone gets healed, then um, 
we, um, we, we have a teaching here, and that is, okay, now that you've received your healing, if you feel pain coming back to that same area, just know that it's not yours. It's not yours. Stand on the healing that God already gave you. So oftentimes, the enemy will come back in that same place and project the pain, project some, some things there that would want you to come back into agreement with it. And, and, and we know we, we stand on our healing in Christ Jesus. So um, it's like 20, it was before COVID, I, uh, I was having a, um, I was in the house and I, I woke up that morning early and suddenly had flu-like symptoms. I was going to pass out on the bed. I felt terrible. I felt awful. And uh, the more awful I, I felt, the, the more I just wanted to lay on that bed and forget the day. Anyone ever have those kind of days? And then this voice started speaking to me again. It can project. It says, man, you could lay in bed all day. I was like, huh, who's, doesn't sound like me. And then the next thought, it came and said, hey, you don't have to take any calls today. How many of you know how tempting that is for a pastor, right? <laughs> right? So, you know, the, the, it, it, it was like a recording that just kept playing. And then suddenly I realized, that's not me, and that's not God speaking. It must be infirmity. It must be the flu speaking. And I was like, so, so a moment later, I said this out loud. I said, well, if you have a voice, then you also have ears. And so I looked at the clock, and, and I prayed in tongues for 30 minutes, and I, I saw it was like 6.30 and rolled on to 7. Every time I tell the story, it's a different time, but... But the point being, I, I, I saw 30 minutes and, and I started, you know, and, and the more I prayed in tongues, the worse it got to the point that I just felt like it was, I was going to pass out. And then right when that mark hit where it went, boom, seven o'clock, it lifted off me like an itchy wool sweater is the only way I can describe it. You know, the staticky, itchy wool, and you take it off and it's just like, and it was gone, 100% gone. 100% gone. So then I realized, oh, wow, he can physically project. Have you ever been in situations and circumstances where you feel attracted towards an individual and you know it's, it, it, it's not God, but it's a spirit of lust that's operating? It can also start affecting you physically where you feel a physical drawing or there are physical manifestations towards that thing that the enemy wants you to do. If he can physically project, we've got to be really careful with what we come into agreement with, with what our body is feeling. He can emotionally project, right? I mean, lust. He, he, he can emotionally project uh, in unforgiveness and bitterness. And, you know, um, offense is one of the biggest tools that, that the enemy projects with. And I woke up one morning and I was deeply offended. I was so offended, I, I can't even tell you how offended it was, until I realized I didn't know who I was offended with. But I was just offended. And when I realized I wasn't offended with anyone, then I realized, well, this may not be my offense. Suddenly my eyes opened, I was like, oh, this is not mine. This is a demonic projection, an emotion of offense that came over me. Oh, my. The spiritual emotions generally come on you, whether it's from the Holy Spirit or whether it's from the enemy, they come on you like a blanket. And you feel them come over you and you know, okay, is this God or is this not? Oh, this is fear. No, this is not God in this moment. I'm supposed to step out, right? 
so, so we know sometimes when those demonic emotions uh, come, because again, it's like, like a blanket covering for both, both the Lord and the enemy. And when, when I realized this, then I remembered. I remembered the flu instance. And I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just declare that this isn't, and it's just going to have to come right off of me like an ugly, itchy wool sweater. And so I, I, I took, a, took a stand, and I took a moment, and I, I said, all right, this is not mine. Offense, you are not mine. You are the enemy. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I don't walk in offense. Therefore, get off me. Guess what happened? Whoop! Came right off me. So I came into church, and that happened to be a Sunday morning. And I came right into church, and we had a potluck next door. It was a Soul Food Sunday. And I, I walk in, and guess what? I love this. When you have victory and revelation comes about a strategy of the enemy and you step into a place of victory, you step into a new place of authority, not just for you, but for your community. That's why community is so safe. Because all these spiritual gifts are operating. All these things are happening around us where we can see, hey man, you okay today? Man, I feel like the enemy's, I see this, I see that. You know, that's important in a spiritual community that, that we, we, we be able to be there for each other, Right? I think that's some of the carrying each other's burdens, actually, is, is be able to identify something that's happening in that individual's life and walk with them in compassion and humility and grace and see them come into freedom. So we're over there. Suddenly, I, I see a guy over there, one of my, you know, a friend, and I, I saw this, I saw it over him, a fence. And I was like, I'd never seen an emotion over someone right? I, I'd had sometimes words written in the spirit where I'd, I'd, I'd say things, but I saw, I saw that thing that was on me now on him. And I was like, huh. So we're in the spoon outline, you know, and I'm spooning some stuff on my plate and he's spooning some stuff. And I was, hey, got a, got an interesting question for you. <laughs> oh yeah. What is that? Do you feel offended? Yes. And I was like, do you have any idea who you're offended? At? He's like, no. I've no idea, but I'm just offended. I was like, I've been there. <laughs> I've seen that happen, and right now we can pray, and that offense can lift off you like an ugly, itchy wool sweater. So we prayed, and guess what? It came right off of him like an ugly, itchy wool sweater. And suddenly I realized we've got to be careful what we own is ours. The enemy's goal is that we would buy a lie. And that lie is something different than the new creation that we've been made in Christ Jesus. And if he can buy the lie, then, then, then we start saying things like, why would I? And then he starts getting a root in there that he didn't have before, a little gap in the, gap in the covering of the blood of Jesus. And then before we know it, right, he's actually... He's actually instilled in us something that never belonged in us as a new creation. And then we enter into a place of danger of letting that actually fester and become a real thing when actually all it was is a projection. And then the spiritual, right? And we know what that looks like. I talked about it already. It's when we feel pressed to our bed and unable to do what we know we're supposed to do. We can't put our finger on it as an emotion. We can't put our finger on it as a thought. But it is just an oppression against us. And oftentimes it'll come when we're taking a stand for something new. But sometimes it can also come if, if we're lax. And, 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 if we're, and, and sometimes it can come in the middle of us doing what God wants us to do 
we hit this demonic wall, uh, this spiritual uh, force that, that we can easily come into agreement with, right? Again, I, I woke up on the wrong side of bed. I just don't feel right today. My dad used to preach, that's the first sign that you're in spiritual warfare is when you hear those words coming out of your mouth. And that's when you need to take up the weapons that God gave you and destroy those thoughts, right? That raise themselves up against the knowledge of Christ, of who you are in Christ Jesus, a new creation in Christ Jesus. So when I began to see that not only could he mentally project things to me, he could emotionally project things to me, he spiritually could project things to me, and he could physically project things to me, then I began to take every one of those things into mind with what the scripture says. And that's why it's so important that we be in the word of God, is that we see who we are as Christ Jesus, that we see who we are. Is it, what does a new creation look like? How does it function? How does it work? How does it, how does it breathe? Right? How, does it, how does it live out its life in the middle of a world in the state that it is? Yeah, we, we've got to be in the Word of God so that we can quickly identify anything that does not align with the truth. And when it doesn't align with the truth, then, then guess what we get to do? Send, destroy. Send a missile of truth against that lie. Thank you, Jesus, you made me a new creation. Thank you, Jesus, that I can walk in the healing power that was afforded through the cross of Jesus. Thank you, this flu just has no right in Jesus' name because of what you paid and what you carried. By the stripes on your back, I thank you. Lord, I'm going to walk confidently in you being my healer, right? Or that spiritual thing comes, you just go, in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus that now covers me, I stand up against uh, this oppression and whatever is moving against me, and I declare in the name of Jesus that I have been given powerful weapons, that no weapon formed against me will prosper. I work with my kids sometimes at night. I'll, I'll give them sayings and stuff to do spiritual battle, you know, when, 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 when things come, because these things can be real. We, 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 we talk about, you know, well, this thing in my closet or this thing that comes. Do you know those can be absolutely real things for your kids? They can actually be interacting with the demonic. They can actually, and we need to take these things seriously and equip our children with the weapons of our warfare. The, the name of Jesus, right? The blood of Jesus. Another weapon. Worship. Powerful weapon, right? The word of God. We declare the word of God in that situation. The enemy hates it more than anything when we begin to de declare the word of God and then, and, and then to, to see them conquer, right? Whatever that was, that nightmare, that night terror, uh, whatever that thing that was in their room, right? They get to stand up and conquer it, knowing the weapons they have, and to watch them go back to sleep, right? In peace. That's, we need that as adults too. It's not just for our kids. We need to lay down in peace. We need to walk in peace. And so um, those, are, those are two specific things that I feel like are very important for us to walk with. And then the third piece is, is forgiveness. And so, like I said from that last thing, can you imagine if what I said was true, that the enemy projects in four ways, and I really was, 90% of what I thought was me was not me, because it didn't match up to the Word of God, the thoughts, the emotions, the physical sensations, the, the spiritual feel, right, the spiritual attack. Imagine what kids are facing in classrooms. 
when no God is taught, no God is given opportunity, right? But they believe that it is just what they feel. It's just what they see. And suddenly you have this kid walking through the hallway, a young boy, and suddenly a thought comes in his head for another boy. And then maybe a physical sensation comes with that. I'm just going to be real with you. A physical sensation comes with that. And then suddenly an emotional drawing of lust comes to them, right? And suddenly there's like this spiritual thing where they can't let go of this individual. It's almost like a soul bond begins to tie towards that individual. And, and they've just got whacked with four ways that the enemy hits them. And they're completely unaware of it. And it isn't them. It's not who God created them to be. It's, it's not what God intended, but yet they're getting lied to, walking around in classrooms, right? Because, oh, no, 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 there's no spirit realm. There is no God, right? And, and can you imagine? I, I tell you, I'm, I, I'm so honored that there would be people in this room who have taken up the call to teach uh, in, in our classrooms. And I know some of you aren't here. There's one that's sick today. But if, if you're a teacher, would you just stand for a minute? David, are you the only one here? I know there's more. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, let's just lift up a, yeah, come on. Let's just lift up a round of applause. Father, we just thank you that they have weapons to bring down strongholds. Thank you, God, that they have weapons to go in there and bring the truth and reality of who you are into those classrooms, of who you created those kids to be. All right, and the last thing, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. The other area that um, really helped me so much is how to walk through the process of forgiveness. Um, and this is such a powerful, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5, uh, forgiving the sinner. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me as he's grieved all of you to some extent. Not to put it too severely, I mean, this could well be talking about excommunicated. The punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient for him. Now, instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him. This is a pretty critical situation that they would have even brought this in the way that he, he brought it and phrased it in the way, possibly an excommunication for a season or whatever it was. But listen to this. Now, instead, put away those other things. The grievances, right? That's what it says in verse 1. Put those things away. Now instead you are to forgive and to comfort so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. Man, what does that look like? Somebody is really deeply messed up. Somebody is really hurt. Yet you go back and you reaffirm your love. The reason I wrote you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. If you forgive anyone, I will also forgive him. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I've forgiven. Okay, here's the key. In the sight of Christ. Let's read that again. I also forgiven. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. Man, I can think I can forgive, but I can stand in the sight of Christ. And it's a whole other level of forgiveness. A forgiveness that would take him to the cross. A forgiveness that would take him from heaven to earth. A forgiveness that was willing to make you and I his own. That while we were yet in sin, he would die for us. That's true forgiveness. So can we forgive in the sight of Christ? And as I saw this, 
It was a call to unconditional love and forgiveness. No matter what that person has done, part of forgiveness is that they don't owe you anything. Part of forgiveness is that you actually cancel the debt and the assignment that, that, that you have laid out, right? Or the enemy has laid out, or society has laid out for that individual, right? And, and suddenly it's like saying, I'm just throwing away all of the, everything you owe me. All those records are wrong. They're burned. They're done. I'm not holding that. I don't expect you to have to repay me. And then, of course, in the process of it, right, we come free, right? That's true freedom. So we can walk in forgiveness. We walk with Christ. When we can forgive in the sight of Christ, it's true forgiveness. It's true forgiveness that in the end, and Nate has a wonderful sermon on this, but in the end, we too can say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, right? That we, it's, yes, it's letting go. Yes, it's forgiving. Yes, it's blessing. But it's forgiving from the position of understanding what Christ did for us is to realize, man, they don't understand. And I just, I forgive from that position the same grace that was afforded to me. The same love that was poured out on me through the Holy Spirit is the same love I'm going to give back. If you'll walk in forgiveness, you won't be consumed by speculation. I tell you what, so much of the temptation to accept something that is not yours happens. And this is the beautiful thing that whatever you might have thought, and I've, I've had people come, and if you want to chat with me after, I'm fine with this. But I had somebody many years ago come to me. They were on the worship team. And they shared with me, they said, uh, I, I'm, I'm not to be on worship team anymore. And I said, okay, well, why? They said, I, I had a homosexual thought. I said, okay. They said, yeah, I had a homosexual thought, and therefore I, I, I don't need to be on worship team anymore. And I said, do you justify homosexuality? Do you, do you believe that it's right? Oh, no. Do you? Well, let me just ask you. Is that, is that something that you would say you, you would be okay with in any kind of capacity? Well, well no, but, but this thought. I, I had this homosexual thought that came to my mind, and I need to be off worship team. I said, Un, until, or to the place, I didn't say this over them, but I said, sorry. Uh, but, but I said that um, you are okay because Christ was tempted in some things. Is that what it says? What? Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. This is Jesus we're talking about. Jesus couldn't be tempted in the area of homosexuality. Jesus couldn't be tempted in the area that some of these things that only we face as humans. No, he was fully man. And it says he was tempted in all things, yet did not sin. So how does he make a way out for us in a place of temptation if he hadn't been tempted in those things already? So when we realized that, that when temptation comes, it's not, it's not specifically has to be that passage out of James that said, well, it's because of what you've been doing, brother. That can absolutely be, <laughs> right? Uh, the, a, a cause of temptation. The enemy's like, oh, get him here. 
right? No, Jesus was tempted in all things, yet did not sin. And so we can be tempted in an area, and it does not mean we are that thing. It, it doesn't mean that that demonic projection is now ours, or it's, it's because of this, or because of that. No, take a stand against that. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus, right? So I was able to share with this, this, this individual and say, you know what? If you're not in agreement and you're not justifying it, you know, Get up there and sing. That's the best thing you can do. Go up and worship. And remember who you are. You're a new cre creation in Christ Jesus. That thought wasn't yours. Don't accept it. Don't buy it. When we buy the lie, we begin to say, why would I? We don't want to buy any lies from the enemy. And so what, uh, so, so what I want to challenge you today with is that if we will behead speculation, if we will walk as new creations in Christ Jesus, if we will realize all of the ways that the, the enemy can come and bring temptation to us on, on those four different planes I talked about, if, if, if we realize also that Christ, being tempted in all things, has made a way of escape for us, then there is hope. There is so much hope to walk in a godly, Christ-like identity, Right? We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. And it's, the Lord's inviting us that I, I wanted to share three areas where I've had tremendous breakthrough in my life. Amen. I've had breakthrough. So um, if you are struggling, yes, if you're struggling in any of those areas, would you, um, would you take this opportunity? Let's all stand together. Holy Spirit, I'm so excited about this chili supper. It's going to be incredibly amazing. Just any opportunity we can get together in fellowship is going to be amazing. So don't forget to go over there. But hey, if you're struggling in any of the areas that I talk about, uh, in the area of unforgiveness, in the area of uh, speculation, where it just keeps you up at night and you're just tired, it's just draining, or, or if, you're, if you're just, if you're struggling... Um, with thoughts that have been plaguing you, voices that have been speaking to you, physical sensations or emotions, or you've just been in a spiritual battle where you just feel exhausted, I just want to invite you, just come right out of your seat. Don't take time to think about it. Don't take time to, to process and go, well, is that me? You know it if it's you. Just come out of your seat and come out front here. Holy Spirit, just come on up front. Every one of you, every one of you that's struggling in that area, don't hold back. We're family. There's no... There is no condemnation. There's no judgment here. We've all walked through this. I think everyone in this room has faced one of these situations and circumstances. Thank you, Father. I'd like to invite the elders now, if you just come around and begin to minister to each one of these. Uh, Jack and Sandy, come on up as well. Yeah, Jack and Sandy, if you just stand in line, Holy Spirit, and just invite Holy Spirit. Just invite Holy Spirit right now. Father, we just thank you. And just if you're down front, we just say, I am a new creation. Just say that I am a new creation. And I don't accept anything that doesn't look like who you say I am. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, we just declare uh, uh, freedom. I, I think there's a... This morning, I, 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 um, I felt like... I didn't realize, Stephen, which hand it was for you, but it was the left hand I felt like... But there's a left hand on a desk, and, and I'm going to go right hand as well. But anyone who's having issues with their hands, 
um, uh, and, and it's restrictive, um, then the Lord just wants to heal you this morning. If that's you, just raise your hand up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, if we can get a couple saints just to each of these hands, keep your hands up till there's at least two, three people around you. Just begin to pray for healing. Another hand back here. So just keep your eye on those hands. If I can mobilize you guys right now, just gather around, begin to pray. Holy Spirit. And for those of you that aren't engaged, would you stretch your hands out to those that are down front here? We command in the name of Jesus that every demonic assignment would break in Jesus' name. I speak freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom to these minds, freedom to these bodies, freedom to these hearts in Jesus' name. We just speak freedom in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Minds healed in the name of Jesus. Mind of Christ. Restoration. Restoration of the mind of Christ. I speak every voice that is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. Be silenced in the name of Jesus. We recognize you for who you are. Lord, every affliction, I come against night terrors in the name of Jesus. Recurring dreams, I say it stops now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I cover each and every person that has come forward with the blood of Jesus. That nothing could penetrate through the blood of Jesus. Lord, any thoughts or things that we have, have thought were ours, but realize now that they're not. Lord, we just declare, Father God, thank you that you made us a new creation. And we just, we just reject those thoughts and those projections that have come of anything outside who you made us to be in Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just work, 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 work. Holy Spirit, come. Just move. God, thank you, Holy Spirit. Just come, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. In this place, come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. Ginger, why don't you come down? Just start praying for them down front here as well. Come, Holy Spirit. Sergeet, Rebecca, would you guys mind coming down and just praying for some of these uh, down front here? Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. I just declare that this is a day of freedom, a day of realizing that our yoke is easy and our burden is light because we walk in obedience with you, Jesus. We only take upon us, Lord, your yoke, not our own. But your yoke, Jesus, we're not yoked with anyone else. Even if you're married in this place, I, I, I'm telling you, you're just yoked with Jesus, right? I mean, as, as wonderful as a marriage could be, you're just yoked with Jesus. And it's not your yoke anymore. It's not your burden anymore. But now you are yoked with him. He said, my yoke, not yours, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So in the name of Jesus, we lift off every spiritual weight, every demonic oppression in Jesus' name. Command it just to lift off these shoulders in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom right now in the name of Jesus. Freedom for every person that has come forward. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Lord, we choose to take a stand on what you paid for on the cross. We prosecute the full victory of what you did on the cross over these lies, over these demonic projections that would come against us. We prosecute the full victory of what Jesus Christ did on the cross over unforgiveness. Lord, we, we prosecute. We prosecute, Lord. We prosecute these things in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
You are so good. You are so good, Jesus. You're so good, Jesus. You're so good, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, if you're in this place and you, or you're not down front in ministry or being ministered to, just encourage you, don't, don't forget about the, the chili lunch for our youth. We just want this to be a really successful event for them. If you need to get your kids, just head next door, grab them. Um, and uh, we just bless you guys. We just bless you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you've done in this place. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Thank you that every person that walk out of this room, it, there's a new level of freedom to take a stand for what Jesus did in your life. That's what this is about, taking a stand for what Jesus did in your life. You're taking a stand mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically from this day forward, from this moment forward. You refuse to be a sponge that just accepts everything that comes at you. But instead, you become a stone in the house of God, impenetrable from the plans and the strategies of the enemy. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Bless you guys.